Awesome. It was... Um, I've had a tough week this week. It's, uh, last week I stood up in front of you all and said, come on, let's press against sickness. And uh, all week I've been sick. Uh, and do you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind if I'm standing in the gap for you. I hope you've been well. I'll stand in the gap for you guys, but I'm, I'm generally not an ill person. And uh, Sarah will tell you, my wife will tell you, I'm rubbish at being ill. I'm like a grumpy man. And uh, so it's been a tough week, and I didn't really achieve much Monday through Thursday. And then on Friday, I had to do a whole week's work, including writing this message I'm going to preach for you. But hey, I believe it's anointed, and I believe it's got something in there that's going to help you. So how about we stand up and we pray this one in? <coughs> Jesus. Father, we come to you today expectant. We know that faith has to have a level of expectation attached to it. Believing for something different, believing to step into something new. I want to thank you for all the hopes and dreams that are represented in this gathering today. Stir us up, I pray, Lord God. Stir our faith goals. Stir our faith levels. You are God. All things are possible with you. Let us leave with a fresh grunt of faith in our hearts today, Lord God, that we could be both the individual and the collective as a church that represent you well. And all God's people said, yeah. touch two people and say, he's got something for you this morning. Grab a seat. <coughs> I have called this message, something we can learn from a mum. Who knows, we can learn something from mums. And, uh, <laughs> oh, there's some discussion on the front row about this. I, um, I just want to encourage you and inspire you about the possibilities in your life. There is so much potential in you. I know that God has put something in you as an individual that if you can express it, if you can get it out of yourself, if you can walk in it, it will bring great joy to your life and to the lives of the people around you. You've got friendships in you. You've got skills in you. You've got hopes in you. There's stuff that God put in you. Psalm 139. You know, I, I crafted you in the womb. In that moment, God was putting stuff in there. But here's the struggle. If we don't express those things, if we don't get them out, it almost becomes a negative. We've got this hope and it becomes a heaviness because it's in us, but it's not out of us. And we're not walking in it and we're trying to get through life, but there's something. And it turns into a disappointment. Can you see that? And so today, come, could we be the people who press into it? God, you put something in me. Help me get it out of me. Because there's something in you that is so good. I follow a, a very prophetically gifted man called Michael Maiden. I encourage you to hunt him down on your social media platforms. He's brilliant. He's prophesied over me twice personally. Uh, just an amazing guy. He's really on point. But he made a statement on his social media last week. And Sarah and I, it really grabbed us. And it was, it was this. You know your heart is healthy when it dreams again. You know your heart is healthy when it dreams again. And it really inspired me. And what's been great is that Sarah and I, we feel like we're in the flow with that because we've carried dreams for a long time and we've actually started pushing some doors in our life to make some of these dreams a reality. And then we read that and that made us feel like, yes, that's a healthy heart. So I want to encourage you today, start expressing that healthy heart and dream again. I don't know what you've been dreaming, I don't know where you're at in life, I don't know, but I know this, there's something on the inside of you that needs to come out, and you need to start dreaming again. This last season, uh, and, and can, we, can we close it now? 
talked about the pandemic a lot, and I know it's still lingering around, but we've got to press on. Come on, can we demonstrate to the world we're pressing on as the church? God's got new things for us. This last season has potentially knocked the stuffing out, people. But I want to say to you, if God put it in you, no pandemic can stop it from coming out of you. Dream again. Where are the things you've secretly hoped for? Maybe you've never even said it to people, but you know, you know, you know, there's a hope in there. Come on, let me stir it up in you. Dream again. And here's where our brilliant mums come in. What's inside you has to be birthed. It has to be birthed. Who knows that when you find out you have conceived, there's that brilliant moment of, I'm pregnant. And then you're on a journey. And that journey is going to have an end. You can't stop it. It's generally nine months. And at the end of that nine months, it's coming out of you. And here's the thing. I wonder if we've carried these dreams so long it's become uncomfortable. But we have to birth it. And who knows, birthing is uncomfortable, sometimes painful. But when you get it out of you, there's so much joy. So come on, I hope I'm building this picture around you that I know there's something on the inside of you that you know is there and it's time to birth it. And it might mean going through a bit of discomfort. It might mean changing stuff. It might cost you something. I don't know what it looks like for you, but when you get it out there, it's going to bring joy. Not only to you, but to the people around you. Is there an amen somewhere in the house? I need you to talk to me. I've been ill all week. Come on, guys. Maybe you've started something once. And it's waned a bit. Didn't work out. Not how you hoped it'd go. And you've given up. But I want to I push back to the mums. Mums have an extra special connection with their children that's different from dads. And here's why. They literally grew that person on the inside of them. It's different. It's good that it's different. And dads have a brilliant connection, but it's different. And what I believe, and I've, I've observed this in all the mums I know, including my own and my wife, that when you birth that child, the mum has this ability just to never give up on them. They just, you grew that person on the inside of you. I'm never going to give up on them. I'll always see the best in them. I will always champion them. That's my child. There's this special connection. It's the same with dreams. If you would birth something, you're never going to give up on it because you gave birth to that thing. You know, looking back at my own life, um, back in my, my football days, my, my mum would occasionally come and see me play, especially in the bigger games. And uh, there was one time I remember, and it was a, I think it might have been a cup final. It was a very big crowd, lots of noise. You picture the scene. And... Um, my style of play that I was quite tricky and fleet of foot and I'd send people the wrong way and sometimes the, the defenders didn't like that and they'd kick out at me and all the crowd would go, whoa, 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 and the crowd would hush down. Picture the scene, thousands of people and then you'd hear my mum. <laughs> Ref, get him off him, Ref. I'm like, oh, mum. <laughs> but she has this special connection with me. She lit oh, I've upset Bubba now. <laughs> Sorry, Bodie, mate. My bad. Your mum will look after you, though. <laughs> oh, go on, James. So good. So good. But my, I could hear my mum over thousands of other people. Riff! Riff! Get him off him! Fortunately, she didn't go, that's my boy. 
a special connection. Now, I remember, you know, just recently my daughter Evie's taken to dancing competitively and uh, on a, often their, their tournaments are on a Sunday and she, she went to one recently, did really, really well and Sarah said, look, I really want to go and cheer her on. She's conflicted, she wants to be in church and, and all these things but, but her daughter's out there and there's a connection and she went away and, and she you know, won lots of medals and stuff. She's a gifted girl and um, I said, how was it? And Sarah said, oh, when she, when she danced, I just cried. <laughs> I'm thinking, if I'd been there, I'd have gone, go on, Evie, that's great. But I wouldn't be crying. But this is special connection. Can you see it? And I'm just wondering, have you birthed something in your life that you've just let it drift a bit, but there's that little tug, and you know it's still there because you've got a special connection to it? Could we learn something today from this idea of this connection with our mums that is it time to revisit that thing? Is it time to say, come on, I'm pushing again? Is it time to go again? Is it time to think, I've been through some stuff, but you know what? I, it's still there. And I'm going to dream again and push into something because it will bring me joy. Touch the person next to you and say, come on, it's time to dream again. I'm going to unpack a couple of stories you'll, both, you'll all be familiar with, uh, biblically speaking, but I want to look through these ideas of birthing stuff, of dreams, and taking hold of promise. We know that uh, with Moses, that um, God said to him, you know, sit, go and tell Pharaoh to set my people free, and, and they got free, but then he said, no, I'm taking you to the promised land. I've given you a promise. Come on, God's given you a promise. You're carrying promise on the inside of you. He gave a nation a promise. Go and inherit the land. But here's the thing. They had to birth it. They carried the promise, but they had to step into it. They had to possess it. They had to do something about it. It's true for us today. God's given you a promise, but you have to partner with God and do something. Sometimes you've got to ask a question, push a door, put an investment down, do something that says, I'm, I'm meeting you in the middle, Lord. You've given me a promise, and because you put that promise in me, I'm stepping into it, but I can step into it with faith, knowing you're with me. It's not just clutching at straws here. God gave them a promise. So what does Moses do? We know the story. He sends 12 spies, and they go, and they look at the land, and they look at the land, and it is exactly what God had said it would be, yet they're fearful. They come back, and 10 out of the 12 spies go, it was amazing. It was really, the, the fruit is huge. It was absolutely brilliant. But, and there's all these buts. How many of us have got a dream or a promise in our heart that we want to birth out and we're still hanging around the buts? Come on, we're called to be sheep, not goats. Goats, but sheep follow the Savior. Let me read this to you. Numbers 13, 26 through 30. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you, told, to which you sent us and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people, but, there it is, but the people who live there are powerful and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea among the, uh, along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possessions of the land, for we can surely do it. 
how about we start getting a little bit of the spirit of Caleb in us? How many of us have got a dream, a promise, a hope in our heart, and then there's a but? There's a but. Oh, but. There's this, there's that, there's the other thing. But Caleb, do you know what the word Caleb means? I love this. It means snappish dog. <laughs> snappish dog. I quite like it. We called my son Joshua, and Joshua and Caleb are best mates. Joshua means God saves. He's a forerunner for the name of Jesus. And his best mate is snappish dog. Some years ago, um, I I had a window cleaning round with my brother Daniel. And um, we'd go into people's gardens and clean the back windows and stuff. And there was this one household who had this little, like, I don't know, it was a Jack Russell or a little terrier, a little yappy little thing, a bit of a rat with hair. (laughs) And uh, we'd go in the garden, you'd clean the windows, and this little dog you know when they, they come at you all brave, but they're not really brave, and they're like, it's like this. And you're cleaning the windows, this little yappy thing is, and you know that the moment you turn around, it's going to run away again. You keep turning around. But it just got, we had lots of windows to clean. I was like, oh, Dan, just ignore it. So I'm cleaning his windows. Cleaning his windows. And all of a sudden, this little rat came right up to me and actually bit me on the ankle. It drew blood. I'm like, look, Dad, I'm bleeding. Dad's actually rolling up. He thinks it's hilarious. But this little snappish dog, which was no bigger than this, was yapping away at me. It wouldn't give up to the point where it came and drew blood. Now, the the owner, the lady, was mortified because I think it was at a time where, you know, some of the the big dogs had attacked people and they were having them put down. I was like, oh, I could put the rat down now. (laughs) Don't worry, we didn't do that. We laughed it off. But snappish dog wouldn't give up. Caleb has this spirit in him that says, we can surely do it. God has said so. Yes, all the things you say there are true, but come on, we can do it. Is there a snappish dog in someone here to say, come on, I can do this thing. And this is what I love. He doesn't change as he gets older. Here we go. Joshua 14, verses 10 and 11. Now then, just as the Lord promised, here this is Caleb, he has, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses, while Israel moved into, into and about the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old, and I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. I love this. I'm 85 now, but bring it. It begs all kinds of questions. Has God given you a dream and a promise and you've got so many buts in the way that it's still in you and causing some discomfort? But could we stir up a bit of Caleb today to say, the land is full of giants, but I'm up for it. Yeah, I'm old, but I'm up for it. Yeah, I can see all the reasons why not, but God's put a promise in my heart. And you know what? I'm going to dream again. I'm going to stop making excuses, and I'm going to step in and push some doors. Come on, is someone going to push a door? Is someone going to ask a question? Is someone going to make an investment? Is someone going to step out? Because when you do, it will bring you joy. It will bring you joy. We've got to get past the buts. And the pandemic has raised a whole new bunch of issues. But the pandemic cannot hold the promises of God. So could we start asking questions? Let's possess the dream. Let's fulfill the thing that God has put on our hearts. Can I speak to us as a church? 
could we be a church full of snappish dogs? Do you know what I mean? There is, a, there is a whole bunch of people living on this estate. There is a whole bunch of children in this school. We have a town, the fastest growing population in the UK, Colchester. Fastest growing population. There's houses everywhere. Do you know what they're full of? Brilliant people who need Jesus. Brilliant people who need Jesus. And do you know what? I, for one, want to do whatever it takes to reach them for Jesus. There's a whole bunch of reasons why that might be difficult. But do you know what? God's put a hope in my heart, a dream in my heart, and a promise on our church that we'll make a difference. Will you be snappish dogs with me? Do you know what that means? That means coming out on a Tuesday night to pray. That means turning up on a Wednesday to say, we need you, Lord. That means showing up every Sunday saying, we're about your business. Stir it in me. Yeah, I've had a difficult week. Yeah, something's coming. Yeah, I've been poorly, but you know what? I'm in the house today. The promise is alive in me, and I'm pushing some doors. I hope I'm stirring someone up this morning because you are an amazing bunch of people, and we're about the Father's business. I want to say this school can't be the same because we're here. I want to say this estate can't be the same because we're here. Colchester can't be the same because we're here. Because we're carrying this spirit that says, yeah, there's all kinds of reasons why not. But God. How about we flip that? But God. And God says to me, you can do it. Surely we can do it. Surely we can do it. Let's get a bit of Caleb in our spirits. Let's get back some more centrally around this idea of mums. In the second book of Kings, we find this amazing lady who lives in this place called Shunem. And um, she lives at the time where Elisha is the prophet. And um, she, she really wants to spend time with Elisha. She makes it important to her. She makes it so important that she asks her husband if they can build an extra room in their house so that when Elisha comes by, he has a place to stay. You know, there's a whole bunch of messages right there about making room for God. Would you build extra space in your life so that God has a place to dwell? Not just visit, but to dwell. That's awesome. This is this lady. This is this lady who lived in Shunem. And God honors this lady. And I believe anyone who gives God room in their house, he will honor. But in 2 Kings and chapter 4, we find this in verses 11 through 17. (coughs) One day when Elisha came, he went up to his room and lay down there. He said to his servant Gehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her, and she stood before him. Elisha said to him, tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Right there is the heart of the Father. There are people in this church who have really sold out and given. And I want to say this, here is the heart of the Father. What can I do for you? I've seen what you've done. I've seen the time you put in, the energy you put in, the finances you put in, the prayers you've prayed, the things you've had to sacrifice. I see it. What can I do for you? It's the heart of the Father right there. Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my own people. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said, she has no son and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her, and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. But the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elijah had told her. Can you see this picture now? Here is this woman who is really sold out to God, created room in her house, gone over the top, and then God says, what can be done for you? And God knows what her deepest desire is. Do you know why? 
because he put it in there. God knows the dream that's in your heart. Do you know why? Because he put it in there. And so when he says what can be done for you and you tell him, he knows. But she creates all the buts. She says, don't mislead me. That kind of reaction says to me that's what she really wants. But she thinks she can't ever have it. Have you ever lived in a space where there's something you really, really want, but you just don't think you're ever going to have it, and then someone says, I could could give you that. Don't mislead me. Oh, that's too much. Because you don't want to get your hopes up to be disappointed again. And this is where she's living. She says, don't get your hopes up. She saw all the reasons in the natural why this couldn't happen. Her husband was old. But again, our God is not confined to the natural. Our God is the God of the extraordinary, the God of the miraculous, and the God of outrageous. We just need to stir our faith to step into that realm and stop living in the but realm. Come on, can we do that, church? Come on, can we do that, church? We need to be a church that says, come on, I'm up for that, Lord. You've got a dream in my heart. You've got a promise in my life. There's something. I've almost been scared to say it to people, even the people I love, but you know it's in there. And God's saying, what can be done for you? What could be done for you? And you're like, oh, I don't really want to say because I don't want to be disappointed. But God says, there is nothing that can stand in the way of my promises when you step out in faith. Come on, touch two people and say, it's time to step out in faith. She has the baby. Amazing. You picture that for that lady. You know, I don't think we fully grasp it that in that time, if, if you didn't have a son and the, the husband died, you lost everything. Because in that nation at the time, they didn't acknowledge the women, they only acknowledged the men. And so there was no inheritance. You lost everything. You had nowhere to live. You had nowhere to provide for you. You became a beggar and a pauper. And that would have been her lot. But she had no son. It was really, really important that she had a son. And so she gets this son. But then this happens. 2 Kings 4, verses 18 through 37. It's a bit of a chunk, but we need to read it. The child grew, and one day he went out to his father, who was with the reapers. He said to his father, my head, my head. His father told a servant, carry him to his mother. Interesting. After the servant had lifted him up and carried him to his mother, the boy sat on her lap until noon, and then he died. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Then she shut the door and went out. She called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today, he asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. That's all right, she said. She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Lead on. Don't slow down for me unless I tell you. So she set out and came to the man of God at Mount Carmel. When he saw her in the distance, the man of God said to his servant Gehazi, Look, there's the Shunammite. Run to meet her and ask her, Are you all right? Is your husband all right? Is your child all right? Everything is all right, she said. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet. Gehazi came over to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone. She is in bitter distress, but the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me why. Did I ask you for a son, my Lord, she said. Did I tell you, don't raise my hopes? Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt, take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet, and if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. But the child's mother said, as surely as the Lord lives and you live, I will not leave you. 
So he got up and followed her. Gehazi went on ahead and laid the staff on the boy's face, but there was no sound or response. So Gehazi went back to meet Elijah and told him, the boy has not awakened. When Elijah reached the house, there was the boy lying dead on his couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay, lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. As he stretched himself out on him, the, the boy's body began, uh, grew warm. Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Elisha summoned Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite, and he did. When she came, he said, take your son. She came in, fell at his feet and bowed to the ground. Then she took her son and went out. There's loads in there. There's loads in there. The first response of the husband is to give him to the mum. Why? Because the mum has this special connection. The mum birthed the thing. The mum isn't going to give up. The mum sees the best. The mum is championing. The mum is in the stands going, get off of him. There's something special there. I don't know. This isn't a female-male thing because there are men. You've birthed some stuff. You've carried some promises. You've hoped some things. And you're deeply connected to it. But then the dream dies. And she's disappointed. And I love what she does. Her first response isn't to wail and weep and cry and moan and berate everyone and get angry with God. You know what she does? She takes the boy's body and lays him where the place he was promised. She takes him back to God. I want to tell you, if you're having a difficult moment, if something is dying on you, the first place to go is back to God. Don't moan about it. Sure, talk to people about it and share it. But go back to God and say, the thing you promised me, come on. You said you wouldn't disappoint me. And she lays him on the bed. The first place she goes is to the place she made space for God. Always go to God first. But when it all looked doomed, she just simply would not give up. She wouldn't give up. I wonder, church, have we given up? Are there things that you birthed and you tried and they didn't go quite right and it's starting to wane away and it might even be dead in your eyes and we've given up? Can I say, is it time to revisit it? Is it time to take it back to God and say, God, you said, I had a dream in my heart, I've pushed the doors. And you take that dream and you lay it on the bed and say, come on, God, I need you now. Because we serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God who brings things back to life. We serve the God who stirred something in us and won't disappoint us. But we need some action. And the action has to come from this idea of this Caleb spirit, this, this, this snappish dog, this, I'm not just giving up, yet it hasn't gone how I thought, and yet it doesn't look great. But you know what? Shove it. I'm going back to God with it. Come on, there needs to be some indignation in our spirit that says, I'm not giving up. You promised me, Lord. And you lay that before the Father. And you say, I need you right now. She had some snappish dog in her. I love this. The man of God comes. Elisha comes and lays on this dead body and says, come on, God. And then he sneezes and he sneezes and he sneezes. And his eyes wake up. Come on. Is your dream about to sneeze? Is that promise, that hope, that thing you wanted, is it about to sneeze? Is it about to get warm again? Is it about to shift is it about to stand up? 
and I'm saying all these things and I'm being a bit poetic here, but I'm saying this because I want to stir some faith in some people. Whatever it is you've dreamed for, it's still there. Don't give up on it. I believe, you know, this week as I was moping about being sick, God stirred something in me because he wanted you to be stirred yourselves. Sarah and I have started pushing some doors on dreams we've talked about for years. Talked about them and talked about them and talked about them. But how about we start doing something about them? You know, I don't know what you're talking about, what you're praying about, but how about start doing something about it? And if you pushed with something and it didn't go how you hoped and you feel like you've given up on it, it's the day, it's the day, the day is the prompt to you say, go back and revisit it. Because I want to raise it again. It was the right dream. Maybe it was the wrong time. Maybe you're going to have a better story because of it. I don't know the circumstances, but I know this. God can do it. If you have a stirring of faith in your heart, he is the great restorer. Could we learn something from a mum like the Shunammite who says, not giving up. I'm first going back to God. Then the husband tries to talk me out of it. Out of it and she just says, just get the donkey. Go in there. Could we have a just get the donkey in our hearts? There might be a million and one reasons why this won't work, but just get the donkey. Are you hearing me? I hope I'm stirring something in you. There is something good about to come out of your life, but it takes a bit of effort on your part to meet God there. This theme runs through the New Testament too. And um, I just want to just unpack one little example here in, in the second book of Corinthians. It's really brilliant. I'll read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, just verses 1 and 2. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. See, this amazing church suddenly became famous for its generosity when? When it was full of poverty. There was every reason not to be a church known for giving and generosity. They were in a difficult time, a very severe trial. Poverty was all around them. What did they become famous for? Generosity. I love that. It's like there's this stuff going on, but we're not listening to that. We're pushing against it, in fact. Could we be the church that pushes against what's coming back? Could we be the church that steps out in ways that the world's not prepared to step out of because of what's going on around us? This church rises up in this moment of extreme poverty and generosity was birthed. They had every reason not to be generous. Ridiculous in the natural. But God stirred something in them and they became extraordinarily generous. So much so, Paul's talking about it. Is God stirring your faith even now to start behaving in ways which are a little bit unusual, bearing in mind the circumstances? Because if you act on those, I want to say this to you, you're going to have a victory story. You're going to have a victory story. Do you know what I, I wonder, and this is where Sarah and I got chatting even this week, that you know your heart's coming alive when you start dreaming and start doing stuff. Because if you just do your routine, I don't know what your routine is, you may well have nice lives. You just do your routine day out, day in, day out, day in, day out, day in, day out. In the end, it's just, it's just life. Nothing exciting. But when you get out the boat, when you push a new door, when you try, suddenly it's like you come alive. This might go right, it might go terrible, but you know what? I'm trying something. And there's a dream in my heart, and I'm prepared to push a door. I'm prepared to put some money down. I'm prepared to ask a question. I'm prepared to pray for someone. I'm prepared to share my life with someone. I'm prepared to start a new ministry. I'm prepared to do something. And God says, come on, now you're alive. Now there's a heart beating in you. And maybe, just maybe, just maybe, he wants to bless it. 
unless you try. You never know. But I want to be... I want to have a time one day where we say, you know, anyone got a testimony? And we form a queue. And the service has to be six hours long because we're hearing so many brilliant stories of what God did us. Why? Because we got a bit of snappish dog and we went and got the donkey. We pushed some doors. We asked some questions. We just went for it, whatever it is. Don't let me box in what your dream is with my language. There's something on the inside of you and it needs to come out. Come on, tap that person and go, say, it's time to go. Here's what happened. They were this generous church. But just a few verses down the line, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 again, verses 10 and 11. And here is my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, you were the first not only to give, but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by the completion of it according to your means. See what's happened? They were known for their giving and their generosity, but somewhere along the line, they stopped. And I wonder if that's how we've lived. We got excited about something, we did some stuff, then a whole bunch of circumstances happened, and we stopped. And I wonder, is this the morning where God is saying to you, revisit it, go and ask the question again, go and pray about it again, go and speak to some people about it again, go and push the door again, because God is looking for people who will bring it to completion. It seems to me that the circumstances they found themselves in the end dictated what they were going to do. But I love the boat analogy. I'm sure you're familiar with it. The storm around the boat doesn't sink the boat. It's when the storm gets in the boat, the boat sinks. The water around you doesn't sink you. It's when the water's in you. And you see, we've been in a storm, all this pandemic, health issues, people being sick even now, all this kind of stuff, money's up the spout, things are getting more expensive, we're all going to have to buy an electric car. <laughs> oh no, Johnny works with cars. Petrol all the way. Yes. <laughs> it's the, petrol's the future. Awesome. John's just sharing his dream of souping up petrol cars. If you ever want your car to go faster, speak to this man. <laughs> if you ever want your dream to go faster, speak to that man. Yeah. But I wonder if we've had a dream in our heart and it was put there by God. That God said stuff to us and put hopes in us and it excites us. And when we start doing it, we literally come alive. We can't wait for tomorrow because I'm going to take another step in that thing that I've been hoping for. And then all this stuff happens around us and we get knocked about and the rest of it. And we know the stories of Jesus literally sleeping through the storm and everyone else is worrying, there's peace in the storm. And we know all those things. But these people who were famed for their giving suddenly stopped giving. And I believe it's that what went on around them got in them. And are we in a season, church, where we've allowed what's been going on around us to get in us? And our language has changed. Where it once was, yes, God's going to do this. Now it's more like, oh, it's been difficult, hasn't it? Oh, getting to church, going to work, got to go back up to the city again. I was enjoying working at home. and oh, Our language has shifted because what was outside has got inside. And I want to say it's an imposter. And we need to kick that language out of our inside and get the language of God back on the inside because that's where dreams and hopes come alive. Are we up for that? 
come on, let's get these boats floating again. We need to get what's outside and got in out again. It can be choppy out there, but it can be at peace in here because we're chasing a dream. Amen. Just by raise of hand, is there anyone right now who's thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in this. I'm chasing a dream right now. Give me a wave. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, so good, so good. We're on the right lines, church. People are chasing dreams. Be inspired. Can I ask you, as those dreams unfold, will you tell me? Because what happens is we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And what testimony means is this, do it again. That's what test, the word testimony means, do it again. And so what happens is someone comes to me and says, Pastor Barry, I pushed this door and, and this has happened. And, and, and you hear that and you're like, wow, it happened for him or her. And maybe it could happen. And your faith rises. And then you think, I'm going to have a go. And then suddenly we have a whole building full of people who are having a go. And when you start having a go, God's like, hallelujah, they're actually believing I'm going to do what I said I was going to do. That's faith. And a church full of faith changes nations. Could we play our part in a nation being changed? Don't let what's outside of you get inside of you. Paul says, let's finish the work. So if you're someone right now who's been chasing a dream and let it slide, come on, today's the day to say, I'm revisiting that. I'm going back because I want to complete it. And all of this, I guess, in the end gets me thinking, what have you not yet birthed? What have you birthed but you've let slide? What have you allowed, have you allowed the voices around you, the voices around you, and what's happening around you, to drown out the voice of God that's in you? And it's so easy to do. And I believe that's why we need church. We need to sharpen each other. Because you had this dream, I'm going to go and start this business, I'm going to change my circumstances, I'm going to pursue this relationship, I'm going to do this thing for God, I'm going to go on mission, or whatever it might be. And then you start talking yourself out. When you come to church, you, we, we have accountability. You said this thing. Come on, why aren't you doing this thing? Oh, yeah, you're right. We need each other. It keeps us on track. I need you. You need me. We all need each other because together we achieve more. We are just simply better together. What caused you to stop? Was it discouragement? Were you put down? Did you lose your confidence? Has time just simply passed by and you feel like you missed it? Did you try and fail? I don't know, it could be any of those things. But can this morning I stir up the snappish dog in you to say, come on, I can do this thing. I believe the enemy doesn't want you to succeed and God wants you to succeed. Who are we going to stand next to? Is it time to get the enemy under our feet and say, come on God, we're going there again. Because I want to live a life that brings me alive. I want to live a life that declares heaven on earth. I want to live a life that's exciting and vibrant and attractive because it represents you well. I'm not going to plod on. Philippians 1, final verse. Philippians 1, 6. Be confident of this. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. God is committed to completing what he put in you. The question is, are you committed to completing what God put in you. And when you partner with the Father, there's going to be a whole bunch of stories in this church and in your life where we're like, wow, God used me to do that. I achieved this thing. It had to be God. The word says, doesn't it, without faith we can't please God. If you can do it on your own, that's great. It doesn't require any faith. But if you can't do it on your own and you need a miracle, that's faith. And God loves that. We love to hear those stories. God is with you. And he's put something on the inside of you. So could I pray for you? Would you mind standing? I'd love to pray.
Let me just invite you just to close your eyes a moment. Let's just take a pause, reflect. Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. We embrace you. We thank you that you're stirring us. by praying for people who have carried a hope or a dream in their heart for a long time and never birthed it, never got it started, never tried. I want to ask for encouragement right now. They will be stirred in their heart to say, come on, I'm getting serious about this now. And Lord, I want to ask for victories for them. That as they push doors, ask questions, get the wheels in motion, that you would give them ease. Things would flow. They would have a story of your goodness. Be confident, guys. Be confident. Your God is with you. Birth that thing. Lord, I want to pray for the amazing people who have already birthed something, already started something, already got it going. somewhere along the line of just let it wane a bit let it slide for whatever reason I pray Lord God that you put it in hearts right now to revisit it to go again Lord I want to pray for anyone who's been disappointed disillusioned had their confidence knocked been put down feel like they failed pray for those people Lord God and I pray right now that you'd encourage them you'd bring fresh healing to their hearts and they would know that you're still with them the dream's still a God dream and it's still going to work out help us Lord to get some of that snappish dog that idea of we can do this bless them Lord I pray let them leave this place so encouraged, so inspired to be the amazing person you called them to be and to walk out the amazing dream that you gave them. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I want to pray for people who birthed the dream and are running with that dream. I want to ask for increased blessing on them. They'd find that thing that they're running with just goes to new levels, just increases pace and reach and effectiveness. And in it, you're saying, proud of you. Well done. Keep going. God bless you. Be encouraged. Keep doing that thing God put on your heart. It's amazing. tell your story because it encourages people it's your God testimony Lord I want to pray for people who are listening to this and feel like I'm not even sure if I have a dream I couldn't put words around it well Lord I want to pray that even this week you drop dreams into people's hearts you give us new visions new hopes something to get 
our teeth into, our hands around, our life behind. That's exciting. Something that requires you to step in, an element of faith that takes courage and boldness. Stir your church. Give us God dreams. We choose right now, Father God, not to listen to the voices around us, but to listen to you. We say that the things that have got in us from the outside, we kick out right now, we reject. And we say, Holy Spirit, fill us afresh. Will you get in us? Inspire us again. In fact, I just want to offer a response there. If you're someone who says, Holy Spirit, I need more of you in this moment, maybe you could just put your arms out as if receiving, just as, a, as an act to say, I'm serious about this, Lord, and I'm going to pray for you. Holy Spirit, you see the hearts, you see the hands, you see the responses. You are welcome here. Would you feel everyone afresh right now? Touch your church. Inspire your people. Use us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. over anything that we talked about today whether it's you need some encouragement whether you need some setting free from something that's gone on before whether you want a prophetic word as we close the service down I encourage you to come forward there'll be some very gifted and willing people at the front to pray with you and talk with you don't miss your moment and maybe at the back guys we can just keep the music low key as we leave to allow that to happen but one last thing Is there anyone here today who's not been right with Jesus? Is today the day you want to get right with Jesus? Whether you've never known him or whether you've let that relationship slide and you're feeling like, yeah, come on, I'm putting that right today. It's the best decision you ever make to be right with Jesus. And it's a shift in your heart and some words on your lips changes everything. So with every eye closed, if, if that's you and you say, yes, Barry, I want to be right with Jesus before I leave this room, just give me a wave and I'll pray with you. God bless you there. God bless you over there. So good. You can put your hands down. Hmm. Let's do it this way. I'll pray a line and then 
church, you pray the line after me. Let's do this together. Father God, I love you. You are welcome here. I'm sorry for I pushed you aside. And today, I ask you to be central. Lead me forward and have your way. But for my part, I'm up for it. And all God's people said, Amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Should we give Father a round of applause for all he's doing?